Hi, welcome to Claybrook Chats with Barb. As we sit here in Claybrook and chat, I will introduce you to some of my creative and interesting friends who live in a small community in Northeastern Ohio. Hopefully as we chat, you'll learn something new or educational, maybe humorous, but always positive. My goal is to have you pause at the end and say, wow, I didn't know that. And just maybe you will tell some of your friends and family about it and come back and listen to my next Claybrook chat. Talk to you later. Bye. About four weeks ago, my small community was shook to the core when a train going through town at 9.30 in the evening wrecked. It had several tanker cars that were carrying chemicals and they spilled and caught fire. Our world as we knew it changed in that moment. About half the town was asked and then told to evacuate. And in the past, I can remember every so many years, there has been a train wreck or someone would drive in front of an oncoming train, but we had never experienced anything quite to this catastrophic level. Thanks to the quick action of our safety forces and an amazing amount of help from our neighboring communities and states, no person was hurt or died, no homes or businesses were lost. As I was working with several different organizations to help with water distribution and various needs, people told me that I needed to do a podcast about this historic event. Personally, I would like to forget that it ever happened at all because it was terrifying and nerve wracking and stressful and so traumatic for everyone. But as I thought about it, there's always something to learn. Multitude of reporters from around the world told our story over and over and blow by blow. But I live here and I plan on staying here. So I wanna talk about what we need to have learned from this tragedy. In my 65 plus years here, we have had train wrecks, power outages, a couple floods, some really bad snowstorms, a tornado or two that got pretty close, a local house fires, high winds and storms, and the normal minor events that most towns have. But I can't ever remember a time when about half of the town was under evacuation orders. We were not prepared for that at all. I live on the west side of town, so I was in this section that was told to shelter in place. That means stay home and pay attention to what's happening. The east side of town was asked and then told to evacuate. Some of you had very little notice. Panic time. What did you gather up and put in your car that you thought you needed and then realized it was useless? We never even practiced or thought about what you should take in case of an emergency. I heard some stories about people putting useless things in their car to take and left their medications and even CPAP breathing machine behind. So I wanna to talk today about emergency preparedness. I've been a volunteer at the Columbiana County Emergency Management Agency in Lisbon for over 20 years. Did you know that they actually have practice exercises to help manage disasters in our county? The part I participate in is about FEMA disaster exercises should there be a serious issue at the power plant and shipping port. Every two years, they write a scenario and have to demonstrate how we as a county would help our residents and help with both Pennsylvania and West Virginia in the event that something serious happened there. I help coordinate the flow of information in what they call the ops room. 
It's a big room where representatives from the sheriff's department, fire departments, schools, Red Cross, National Guard, highway departments, Department of Agriculture, hospitals, Department of Health, and many other agencies all have representatives there that share information and work together for the coordination of our safety. We usually have to demonstrate that we know how to evacuate a portion of the area around the power plant and successfully meet the goals of FEMA's satisfaction to FEMA's satisfaction. And then the exercise is over and we go home. It's quite impressive. However, after all those years, I always wondered what happened to the people following the evacuation orders and how did they get back home? And what effect did it have on their lives? Now I have experienced it and some of what I saw was not very pretty. So now that everyone is home and cleaning from top to bottom with all of the free cleaning supplies that the world has sent to us to help, it's time to do some thinking about your future and prepare in case like anything this anything like this ever happens again. So let's think about what is absolutely essential to put in a grab and go bag or a category of that nature and what is not on the A-list and what steps you can do to now be better prepared. There's a lot of information on emergency preparedness available on the internet, but you never really look at that until, until you need to, and then it's too late. In my thinking about this and doing some research, I have become a backpack fan. Since I'm of the older generation, I can't carry really heavy boxes as well as I used to, and I found backpacks to be very convenient. They can hold a lot. They're easy to use since they leave my hands free for better balance and using handrails. You certainly don't want to get off balance and fall when you're trying to leave during an emergency. It's good to have at least four. One is absolutely essential items, and I will get into that in a minute. My second one is for technology. The third one is for bathroom and hygiene and health items. And the last one is for your clothes. Somewhere in your house, I'm sure we all have what are classified as those essential papers or important documents. They include papers such as your social security card, Medicare card, birth certificate, adoption papers, marriage certificates, divorce papers, passports, photo ID, vehicle titles, insurance policies, tax returns, health insurance papers, and even your will or burial instructions. You all know what I'm talking about, and that list will be different for each of you. But the question is, in an emergency situation, do you have them all in one place where you can grab them and get out? So you might think, I can always get new copies of those things. Yes, you can, but how quickly? If you need to get a new birth certificate, for example, you can go online and order one from the proper agency. How long will that take? Now, what if you're not at your home? Where will they send it to? To um, When I applied for a passport, I learned that the paper my mother gave me as my birth certificate was not valid. It was a registration of birth and not a real birth certificate. I was born in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, and ended up having to go to Newcastle to get one. That was not very time-consuming once I learned what to do. For me, it was just get in the car and drive there. But what if you were living in Montana now? 
uh, it would take some time for you to figure out how to get that and have it sent to you. If you can't find your social security card, you can get a new one, but again, you have to go online and apply. If you did not fill your technology backpack, you if you did not fill your technology backpack, you also have to find some place to use a computer. Keep in mind the public library system is available for those services. I think you can see how important this number one backpack is. I also want to talk about money. Um, our world is moving very quickly into a cashless society. Everything goes on your credit or debit card. What happens if a very severe storm wipes out the internet? You will need to buy gas for your car, food supplies, maybe even get medications. No internet. You need to have some real cash in your emergency supply backpack. And I would suggest small bills, no larger than 20s. And you also need to have a couple rolls of quarters in case you need to buy items from vending machines or things like that. If you still have a checking account and some checks, it would be good to throw them into. Some people will still take checks nowadays. I think if you get, I think you get the idea now of the items for your number one backpack. And for each of you, it will contain different items based on your family needs. That list will be dramatically different if you have children as compared to an older single adult. When you start looking for all those papers, it would be a good idea to make a copy to put in another location. No copy machine, once again, go to the public library. Now let's move on to backpack number two, technology. I think just about everyone has some sort of technology that they use on a regular basis. So grab that laptop, iPad, tablet, Kindle, or whatever you have. Remember that you must bring the power cables or whatever it uses. Since I've been a computer person since the beginning of Commodore 64, I have lots of pieces and parts. Please take some time to go through all your technology items and match their cables and put some sort of label on each cable telling you what it goes with. And then get rid of the rest. I, clean, I cleaned out a closet recently and found a box where I'd been putting unidentified power cables for years. It was ugly. So also don't forget your phones. And along with the actual equipment, where are your passcodes stored? Do you have one place where you keep all of them? Uh, you may have them stored on your phone under contacts, but if you didn't bring the cord to recharge your phone, you're gonna be out of luck. So please think about that. And while you're doing your cleaning, take some time to organize your technology essentials. That also brings up the need to have your contacts in your phone up to date, just in case you have a medical emergency and someone is trying to find help for you using your phone. Remember to create an ICE contact listing in your in case of emergency person. I know I have not covered all those various options here, but they change on a daily basis. But if you have at least one G, I never thought about that before moment, then I accomplished my goal here. Now let's move on to backpack number three, which I call the bathroom backpack. This one is going to be going to vary a lot depending on your needs. If you have to leave in a hurry, obviously you don't know where you may end up. You could go to a motel or a hotel where you get new little bottles of shampoo and mouthwash and soap every day. But 
Maybe you're camping out in the friend's basement. We all have our favorite brands, and maybe you have unfavorable reactions to certain brands. So take your own. Since I traveled a little bit for work, I found that it's easier to have smaller bottles of things like shampoo, mouthwash, soap, and then just keep refilling them as needed. This backpack is for all that stuff in the top drawer of your bathroom or your medicine cabinet. If you're on prescription medications, why not take a moment and take a picture of the label on each bottle, just in case you forget one. That will help um, you whenever you, if you need to order more. And remember that the pharmacist does not know what that pink pill or that pill that you call the little blue one is. Make a list of your prescriptions and put it in your backpack also. That would help emergency medical people if you needed any medical assistance. Don't forget your eyeglasses and your hearing aids, and most, most important, extra batteries for your hearing aids. Throw in small bottles of over-the-counter pain relievers, anti-diarrhea medication, your favorite antacids, and laxatives. If you're dealing with an emergency situation, you can bet that your stomach and your digestive system are going to be in a mess. Remember your vitamins. Mine are in the kitchen since I take them in the morning. It would be very easy for me to overlook them in an emergency situation. And don't forget your assistive devices like a cane or a walker. You may not use them at home all the time, but you don't know how far you might have to walk. If you have special medical needs such as diabetes or feet problems, make sure you bring those supplies also. It would be a good idea to include a small first aid kit. My suggestion is to make up your own. Those sample kits you get, they kind of have little bitty band-aids that won't stick and some tape. Get a Ziploc bag, put some good sized band-aids, some tape, Q-tips, a small tube of first aid cream, scissors or a knife, hand sanitizer and cotton balls. Just look around and you'll know what you need to drop in there. It would probably be a good, good idea to throw in a roll of toilet paper also. If you're a person who doesn't, who has a need for a CPAP machine or other sleeping or breathing devices, don't forget those. On a little different note, I once read about always having a whistle with you. You know, the kind that referees blow at games. If you get stranded or you're lost or in need of trouble, you can blow it and it usually gets people's attention. I think the example I read about was that if you go to the basement when a, and a tornado goes through and your home was damaged, you may not be able to get to the steps to get out, but by blowing a whistle, they would know that someone is in there. It would not be that hard or expensive to buy a couple whistles and hook them on your backpack. Just, just a thought, you know. Now to on to your fourth backpack, your clothing. Since you don't know how long you would be gone, three days of supplies is the general number I have read about. A lot of what you pack here will depend on the weather. If you start with three changes of underwear and then a couple shirts, sweatpants, something to wear to bed, um, sweatshirts, jeans, a coat or a sweater, depending on the weather, you'll be able to get by most things. If you have three of something, you can wear one, have one for tomorrow, and have the other one drying after washing it out. If it's cold weather, obviously you'll need gloves, hats, scarves, boots, and don't forget something in case of rain. 
If you have room in your car while you're packing and you have a sleeping bag, throw it in or find some blankets and put those in. Um, I have weird stuff in my car that I keep a lot of times. Um, for some reason, I'm always needing an extension cord and duct tape. So if you have them in there, keep them in there, or maybe you want to throw some in. There are all kinds of lists and tips on the internet. If you search go bags or bug out bags, you'll get lots of ideas. Um, it might be a good idea to make copies of all your essential documents, like I mentioned before, and give them to someone you trust to hold for you just in case. If you leave your home, try to remember to let a, a relative or a neighbor know where you're going, or at least try to stay in touch with someone. If you have special needs family members, being prepared for the unexpected is an absolute necessity. I do want to take time for one more situation. This is for all the single parents we have out there with children. Let's consider just one scenario and walk through this. You are a single mother with two small children. Let's say a three-year-old and a two-year-old. You recently moved into the neighborhood and have not really had time to get to know your neighbors very well. There is an emergency explosion at nine o'clock at night in your neighborhood and you are ordered to leave. In the process, you are carrying some bags out to the car and you slip and fall and hit your head. You are unconscious. The police go by and see you laying there and call emergency services. They come and examine you and take you to the emergency room. Who knows about your kids? The police may check and let's say they find your kids in bed. One of your kid knows their first names and that there is a mommy and there's grandma who take care of them. They look around and they can't really find any documentation on who to call to take care of your children. Social services gets involved. You were having memory problems for a while in the hospital when you, when you finally get released. How do you know where your kids are? Where did they go? Who did you talk to? Who do you talk to about this? I know you can't prevent this, but you can be prepared. Please come up with some plan. Perhaps get a gallon sized Ziploc bag and put a paper in the front that clearly says, in case of emergency. In that bag, have family contact names and numbers, have a copy of you and your children's birth certificates, social security cards, medical insurance information, any allergies or illnesses, medications, doctor's names, phone numbers, just to name a few of the items. This is so very important for the safety of your children. Put it on your refrigerator or on the back of the door that you use or in a visible location where someone would be able to find it in an emergency situation. I don't bring this up to scare you, but encourage you to think about what proactive steps you can take that would definitely make this scenario a bit less complicated and have a happy ending. There are a lot of other scenarios we could talk about, but I think there are enough Gee, I didn't know that ideas in this part. As I stated before, there are unlimited lists, hints, and suggestions available if you want more information on emergency preparedness. I just have two more suggestions that I want to talk about. After you get all of your cleaning done due to this disaster that we've had here in East Palestine, go around and take pictures of each room. If you have specific expensable collectibles or unusual items or lots of tools, 
equipment, stuff like that. Get a picture of everything. If your home happens to get destroyed, those pictures will be so helpful in filing an insurance claim. And don't forget to take some pictures of the outside of your home also. Uh, that would help with if a tree limb fell on your house. You could show what it looked like before. And my last one is always keep at least a half tank of gas in your vehicle. Um, that should get you a little distance from the disaster, but starting out on an empty tank is not a real comfortable feeling when other people are trying to leave too. So I hope this information has been helpful and shows you that even a disastrous train wreck can have a positive effect if it helped you be better prepared for anything that might come your way in the future. Thank you for listening. And I will be posting some of the lists I talked about on my Facebook page under Claybrook Chats with Barb. If you found this helpful, please tell your friends to take time and listen to it and make some plans so that you will be safe no matter what emergency situation you might have to deal with. So let's all learn how to be prepared and stay safe. So happy trails to you all.